0: Welcome to Radically Personal, where we explore the behind-the-scenes stories of today's most beloved brands, how they started, their mission, and how they're building enduring relationships with customers and showing them how they have their best interest at heart. I'm Joseph Oncinelli, CEO of Gladly, where we are on a mission to help companies reinvent customer service and deliver on the promise of radically personal customer experiences. On today's episode, I'm joined by Brian Kirshen of Zeni Optical. Brian and I talk about the work he and his team are doing at Zeni that has landed them a place on Newsweek's top customer service companies for five years in a row.
1: It's our customers are at the center of everything that we do. All our decisions that we make, the customer is at the forefront of it.
0: We also talk about the company's overall strategy, And the unique challenges it faces compared to traditional brick and mortar stores
1: we want our agents to be excited about the work that they're doing and for us to be able to remove any of those blockers that might get in the way of their ability to deliver amazing customer service
0: this is radically personal i am so excited to introduce Brian Kirschen to our radically personal listeners. Brian is a director of global customer service at Zeni Optical. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Joseph. Great to be here. I am so looking forward to this conversation. You know, we've been partners now for several years, but I want to start with a huge happy 20th anniversary. Last year was last week was a big
1: milestone, so congrats on that. Thank you so much. We are incredibly proud of this milestone. It, it's a great story. And I, uh, I'm i sure we'll get a chance to talk a little bit about how Zenny got started. But to see where this company has gone over 20 years and, and knowing what's still ahead of us, it, it's just amazing. And for me to be, you know, a small part of that story is... <laughs> Don't be uh, we'll be that, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. But it really does. It, 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 there's a, a great sense of pride being part of uh, Zenny. And As excited as we are about what we've achieved in the last 20 years, we start looking ahead and where we see ourselves as a generational company. It's going to be an amazing story yet to come. I love it. Well, let's, let's start
0: actually with the founding story. Cause it is a unique story, you know, founded now 2003, which was a really hard time to start companies for anyone that's my age. <laughs> Our age. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a couple of scientists. I mean, the founders were scientists, but like, maybe just share like, what was the mission? What
1: was the idea? Like, the- Yeah. It, it's, it's really the great American dream here. right? We have Tibor and Julia. Tibor is from Hungary. Julia is from China. They are both scientists. And back in 2003, they were in the North Bay, uh, where Zenny still is located today. And what they wanted to do was not necessarily create an online retail optical company. What they wanted to do is solve a problem. Ultimately, that's what drove them to create Zenni. But they were looking at how do we solve a problem and how do we make the world a little bit better? And what they recognized was that the optical industry was long overdue for disruption. Folks are having to spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to buy prescription glasses. And Tibor and Julia recognized that that's just asinine. There's a way that you can do it smarter, more efficient, more cost effective. And so that's ultimately what started this great Zenny story was how do we solve for that problem? And as Tibor and Julia would say, they understand that everyone has a right to be able to see better.
0: This idea that everyone has a right to see is a great like founding mission. And the funny story, you know, like and to do it you know, like that means like making it really cost effective for people, which is really important. There was some story, like what was the the original company name was not Zenny, right? Oh, right. What was it? It was, um, I read it somewhere. I can't remember. It was uh, like $19 glasses.com or something
1: like that. And so what happened was they realized that we can sell glasses for cheaper than $19, so, <laughs> right, they, right. so they,
0: started the, they started the company. It was like $19 glasses. With the
1: idea that glasses would this be would cost $19. $19. And then, uh, and this is this is the beauty of owning the manufacturing to the retail side from, you know, from end to end, right? Zenny owns everything. Right. So it helps to be able to drive down costs. We're able to pass those savings on to our customers. So what became... glasses became $6.95 glasses, right? And so the name, the name changed, and to this day, we still. You go on the site, you you can walk out of here with glasses for prescription glasses for $6.95. That's amazing.
0: It's totally amazing. Um, I just checked out. It was $19 eyeglasses.com. Actually, I don't know if the the URL... I don't know if that works. really
1: rings... That doesn't necessarily come... <laughs> Zenny's a way uh, better name. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I don't know if we stuck with that name if we would be where we are today. So uh, uh, I but don't the know URL if it was, does, the was... By the way, the URL still works. So you can go to it and it, it does redirect you to Zenni. You know, I, look, I already learned something new on today's <laughs> podcast. But it's, you know it goes to show that you know t-born julia from the jump were thinking right. about their customers and understanding that there's a real fundamental issue with people being able to get affordable high quality eyewear yeah and we've been able to solve that and you know 50 million pairs of glasses later 50 right, five 50 zero? five zero. 50 nice right so you you think about this Mom and Pop company starting in their garage in San Rafael 2003. Here we are 2023. We are a global company. It's amazing. Uh, it's, you know, 50 million pairs of glasses later. You know, Zenny, you can't go anywhere in the Bay Area without seeing Zenny branding. We're with the 49ers. With just, there's so much going on. It's been a really exciting time. And for me, I joined in 2020, right before things started to shut down. Just seeing in the last three years the the amount of growth that we've gone yeah. through, uh, again, yeah, it's just it's, it, it's just been such a fun ride. And the other thing
0: that I want to talk about, obviously, because we're so focused on customer service, not only have have you all been able to deliver high quality glasses super affordably. But you're consistently ranked as one of the top customer service companies period across all industries, right So there's this Newsweek report that you and I have talked about. I think it's been for five years in a row now as one of the top uh, companies providing customer service you know to be ranked on that list with some like just some other awesome world-class brands is is, is, is amazing. What is? Maybe a couple of the secrets to that success. Sure. How you deliver on not only sort of the affordable, high-quality glasses, but the experience is really great. What are some lessons?
1: Well, we like to joke that when we won our fifth Uh, I proclaim that we are the new dynasty in the Bay Area, not the Golden State Warriors. So, Steph Curry, uh, step aside. That's right. You know, but it it is. Here comes Brian. That's right. That's, um, uh, I mean, there, there obviously is a great sense of accomplishment being recognized as not just in the eyewear space, but across e-commerce as one of the best customer support organizations over the last five years and i think what i'm most proud of is that each year our score has gotten higher right and that's really at the heart of what we're about here at Zenny from a cs standpoint is improvement right we always feel that there's opportunity to keep getting better and uh yeah, I think the um, being recognized by Newsweek uh, magazine is a way to validate a lot of the the effort, the time that we've put into our strategy uh, here at, at Zenny. I don't think there's necessarily any major secrets to being good at customer service. I think what customers want, they want high quality support. They want it relatively fast. They want it at their disposal when they need it, where they need it. I think we've done a really good job of building out our support to meet our customers where they're at. So providing support for Zenny is much different than, let's say, we were a t-shirt company. Mm-hmm. Right? It's
0: it's more complicated.
1: It's much more complicated. I came into Zenny with no optical experience. So there's been a huge learning curve for me. It's uh, mm-hmm. not like any other industry. Yeah, you have to have a prescription.
0: Then you're picking out something that's part fashion. There's all healthcare requirements. It's, it's, it's,
1: it's there is a lot going on. And the fact that we're doing it online versus your traditional brick and mortar yeah. business model. right? Customers are used to being able to go to the local mall right yeah right they go and they they're talking to an optician and right. you know they start to get to put on different glasses and see how does this feel how's the weight right you know how does this sit on the bridge of my nose the fashion piece of it right all that stuff comes into play to ultimately land on a decision that the that the customer is going to feel confident that they made the right choice and that For the investment, the financial investment that they're making. So we've tried to take some of the best principles that come from that brick and mortar experience, but then roll it into this e-commerce space. So our agents are highly trained. You know, we really, we work very closely with our in-house opticians and we're able to create that confidence that we want our customers to be able to have. And so I think, you know, getting back to the question of what, you know, what's our secret sauce, I think, you know, some of it is just what we would expect at, in any customer support organization. But I think another part of it is that we have really made huge effort to become subject matter experts in the world of optical. Yeah.
0: And it shows. And what's interesting is like if you go to zenny.com. Anyoptical.com. You have four things on the homepage that you highlight. 50 million glasses sold, 50 plus million, 140,000 reviews, a 30 day plus peace of mind returns, and then award-winning customer service. So I, you know, as an outsider, I do think that you have a unique view on the importance of service related to the experience and loyalty. And you know, you and I, and I've and I had the chance to connect with Julia as well, and you and I have talked about this. She started, she she, she did customer service when That's the company right. got started. I do think that there is a unique thing when the CEO of the company has done the job. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing.
1: <laughs> no, sometimes it's not a good thing. No, you know, Julia, she loves telling the story. You know, again, she told me. <laughs> she told right, two thousand three. We're you know companies just getting off the ground. You have to be scrappy, and yeah. and so part of her responsibilities, one of many, was taking calls. Yeah, and that lasted for about two weeks, and then she's like. And then she realized I can't handle it. It's uh, no, but she's that experience. And again, the fact that 20 years later, she still goes, when she meets, you know, new employees, we have an offsite, you know, she'll go back and tell that story. And I think it it speaks to how important the customer experience is to to Julia and and really for Xenia as a whole. I I think that the the thing that's powerful
0: about the fact that Julia spent time there is, I do think that service permeates through the company. Like, I think that one of the keys for folks is not to think of service as a department, but a corporate ethos. Do you know what I mean by that? And that comes, yeah, that comes clear. And every single time, whether I'm talking to you, obviously that happens. But when we talk to your tech team, when I talk to Julia, like it's just, I think that her experience and the team's experience of those early days, being on the front lines, there's just an empathy and and an understanding of the importance of loyalty and delivering on these great experiences that you guys just,
1: you live it and breathe it every day. It's our customers are at the center of everything that we do. All our decisions that we make, the customer is at the forefront of it. So whether to your point, it's not a customer service, Piece. It's a company piece. So whether it's working with David Ting, our CTO, or Errol Pinto, our head of digital product, if we're talking to our, our marketing colleagues, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's about our customers. And so when you have that as your anchor, it's amazing what you can accomplish. And to be able to recognize what our customer needs are right we've gone through a great effort to uh, to build up our voice of the customer program you know we really want to be able to understand where where our wins are at and where we may be falling short right you know 20 years in but we still know there's plenty for us to learn about our customers and there's that we're always looking at how do we innovate how do we start leveraging more on the technology side which and really has been really exciting partnering with with david and errol and looking our looking at ourselves as a, a technology solution as well and so with all the really exciting things that are happening right now and generative ai and you know we're always looking at automation and one of the reasons why we love partnering with Gladly is because you guys look at it the same way, right? Yeah. It's the days of ticket-based solutions have, you know, gone out the window. And so <laughs> That was uh, last century,
0: I tell everyone. Yeah, I- <laughs> you know, Tickets was the 20th century. Welcome to radically personal service.
1: That's the 21st century. That's right. And so, you know, being able to partner internally and everyone having that core belief that you know, our customers are what drive our decisions. Then, then it's much easier for us to be able to get alignment across the board as we're, you know, again, if we're looking at, you know, you know how we can leverage some of the latest uh, developments that are going on out there. It's such an exciting time right now. Um, and, you know, we see like the partnership, for example, with with Gladly as a way for us to take that next step forward uh, in terms of how we want to show up, uh, for our customers. Yeah. Well, we, as you know, we value the partnership immensely uh,
0: and, uh, I'm glad we're getting to share a little of the story today. Maybe since you, since you brought up the partnership, if you could just maybe share like, you know, we didn't know each other before we didn't know the companies didn't know each other. I don't think we knew any of the people. What was some of the things that, cause you were on a, I, I won't use the name. I will, I will, I will let them. Stay anonymous. The other ticketing system that was there before. What was some of, like two or three things that sort of really drove your decision to move to a platform
1: like Gladly? Sure. It, it really started with our our workforce, with our agents. It was listening to them and hearing their pain points, their growing frustration with some you know some core issues like duplicate tickets, right? Something as you know, as simple as that, that we couldn't solve for, which was causing a lot of unnecessary effort. And it was point of frustration for our agents. But I think having that feedback loop with our team, our you know, we have a, we have a global team and being able to hear from them directly, be able to shadow them, see how they're, how they're using the tool. It became abundantly clear to me that change was required. So it was, your, it was your team, it was your it was your your support team experience that was a big driver. Yeah, and you know, you take care of your you take care of your team, they'll take care of your customers, right? I mean, we've all heard that before. And it's really true true. And so I wanted to make sure that we had the right solution in place to empower our agents to be able to give them that level of visibility that they need, that 360 view of our customer. To make things at their you know at their fingertips where they weren't growing frustrated and because that comes across right if if you're frustrated with the tool um, I don't care how much empathy you have and you could have the patience of a saint but eventually it's going to come across and we want our agents to be excited about the work they're, that they're doing and to for us to be able to remove any of those uh, blockers that might. Get in the way of their ability to deliver amazing customer service. So started looking and I was not familiar with Gladly going into the search. We, we connected and you have an amazing team. And I think You're you know best. how, how fond I am of Kristen and Mike and, and Andy and then Julia as, and talk about a small <laughs> world. Julia, our customer success manager. We used to work together at a at another company years ago. I, I didn't even and know that. Yeah, so yeah, we were both at Spark Central oh, um, for a few years, actually. And uh, I'm like, okay, this is meant to be. But oh, that's uh, awesome. I, I really do think it, it, it. I would be doing a disservice if I if I wasn't listening to our okay. our team, the yeah. folks who are in the tool day in and day out, and and we just we reached a point where we knew we needed to move on. You know. It it worked out great. And here we are now and talking to you.
0: So one of the um, two things I want to say about that. One is, you know, we have this, we talk internally about like, what are the magic gifts that Gladly provides to our customers, to, to you? And you hit on a bunch of them, which is, you know, one, this idea that it's about people, not tickets. And that's really important. One of the other ones is this idea of how do you turn agents into heroes? right cuz you, you know your comment of if you can make your team productive and happy yes there's efficiency that comes from it but the efficiency is a service towards better experience right like that's the ultimate value right cuz if you deliver better experience you're going to drive more loyalty and loyalty has been shown to be the single biggest driver of long-term company success profits repeat purchase all that good stuff and I just think it's great to hear that that was the driver usually you know oftentimes people it's like well we were looking to save money no it, like thinking about how do you turn
1: your agents into heroes I love that story it's um, it's great we take great pride in being able to provide a level of support that we feel is a differentiator We recognize that for a lot of customers the concept of buying, Prescription glasses online is totally foreign to them. Right. So, especially during the pandemic, right. And that's when I started. I started about six weeks before everything basically in the US shut down. That was crazy. That was just crazy, crazy time. Oh my gosh. Our US team was an in center team. Within 24 hours, they were working remotely. I mean, I, rem- I still remember the team being on site and we're packing up their computers and their lensometers and all this stuff. And it's like, and our team, for the most part, did not have experience working remotely, you know, so it was a learning curve, right? And getting them comfortable using some of the new tools that we were going to have to leverage to really stay connected. So I think in terms of just as I think about our organization and, and where, you know, where we were and where we've grown, I mean, we've and we went from in center to being um, completely remote, and now we're at a point where, uh, as we're growing our team, particularly here in, in the U.S., the the notion of bringing people back into the office—it's—we've moved past that. It's a new yeah. world now, yeah. um, which is exciting because we're able to uh, widen the funnel now. And so, you know, it's we're great. talking to candidates all over the U.S., and it's just its it's you know, it was a very tough time, obviously, but it also created a lot of opportunities for us here at Zenny. And, uh, yeah, it's, let's,
0: let's continue on this theme of people, right? Because, um, yes, technology is important. I mean, I'm biased in that regard, but, but your team and your people ultimately are like, you know, it's the people, it's your products that you use. How do you, how do you, like, what's the process of, recruiting people? What's the process of uh, onboarding and enabling someone
1: to be a hero at Zenny? Sure. Well, I I like to think that I have a good eye for talent. Um, So I think, you know, it starts with getting the right people. Ultimately, you know, I, I feel like with with customer service it's it's in people's dna so on this topic of
0: team and this idea of turning agents into heroes talk a little bit about how do you how do you recruit people and and how do you enable them to be zenny heroes if you will um Are there like certain questions you ask people when you're recruiting them is like is there like a favorite like i have a question that i always ask people on competition Is there like a favorite type of questions you ask people and then and then how do you enable them once they get there to become zenny heroes well
1: i i think it starts with we 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 have a great recruitment team here at zenny i think it's you know as we've talked about it's a great story so for folks who have never heard of Zenny before, and this is their first time getting exposed to it through the interview process. It's, it's such an easy sell, right? We have an amazing culture. Um, It's, it's a product that you can feel proud of, right? We're again, we're, it comes back to like, we're doing good in the world. So I think, you know, it, it, what it does is allows us to draw people who are, from the same cloth, right? People who want to do good, people who want to help others. You know, I think we, we have a good eye for talent. I think once we get them in, we've gone to great lengths to make sure that we create a structure internally to support our team. So from an onboarding standpoint, learning and development from a tools and systems, right? We make sure that when people come in, everything they could possibly need is available to them. I think we we have very strong people managers on our team. Again, folks are able to join and feel like they're getting the support and the coaching and the mentorship that they need. Very clear in terms of setting expectations. You know, I think we we find a really good balance between having fun and working hard, um, which I think is critically important. Um, we spend so much of our life working, so better find a way to have some fun in the process, right? Mm. Um, but I think, you know, we trust our team, right? That's We hire people knowing that we're going to empower them to make the right decision, make the right decision by the company and make the right decision by our customers. And, you know, that faith that we put in our team, I think, is allows people to come in and feel like, Okay, I they they can feel the support, right? It's not just something that, you know, these are not things that we just put on our walls, right? And and you know we 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 walk the walk, we don't just talk the talk, and so when our agents join or you know anyone within our customer support organization, they feel like they can be, they can make a difference, right? Yeah, and that's what part. we look for. I you know I've I've worked in this space for. 12 plus years and, you know, I've seen the good and the bad that comes with contact centers. And I've always made it a mission of mine that uh, our agents feel the support and they feel empowered. Yeah, and great. I think that just goes such a long way in, in awesome. morale and just the affinity that they have for the brand. And then our, our customers, they sense it, they feel it. it. It creates a really just great dynamic between our, our team and our customers. Yeah. So the name of the podcast is Radically Personal.
0: One of the questions I ask everybody is to share something radically personal about you that most people don't know. So Tom Montgomery at Chubby's and Solo Stove now, he shared on the podcast that he was about to become a dad. So the pressure, the, like, you know, and we talk about Professor Rock. So another person shared, uh, Frankie Littleford shared, like, her first concert she went to. What's something radically personal about you, Brian, that that people probably don't know?
1: Sure. I think one that uh, might be interesting to your audience is I did not grow up dreaming of one day being a head of customer service as much as I love what I do. And I could not think of doing any, I would not want to do anything else, but I grew up wanting to play for the New York Mets or for the, for the New York Knicks. And then I quickly realized that being five, nine on a good day was, uh, not <laughs> going to work out well for me to, uh, fulfill those dreams. And, um, what, where I saw my career, where I saw my life going was in law enforcement. I, um, Oh, interesting. Yeah. So my, um, two uncles who are, um, now retired, but NYPD, my cousin, he's also retired now, NYPD. And I thought that's where I was going to go. You know, I I have a very, um, high moral compass and I, and I wanted to do something where I felt like I was going to be able to make a difference, you know, and I'm a big believer in, you know, right and wrong. Right. And I wanted to be in a, in a position where I could, um, Advocate and support those who maybe couldn't do it for themselves, right? And so, in in high school, I won an award. There was a essay contest for our civics class, um, San Mateo County, and you had to write an essay on why you wanted to be X role or position. So, you know, you wanted to be mayor or whatever it was. I wrote mine on being chief of police. I actually won, so I got to be chief of police for a day, which was oh, really cool. And did you book anybody? <laughs> no, I wish I could have though. I have a few people on my list, but. No. <laughs> and then uh, in college, same thing. I um, did an intern an internship with. Uh, I went to UC Davis, and I did an internship with Davis PD. And that's amazing. Um, I got accepted to graduate school for criminal justice. I went to. John Jay School of Criminal Justice. I'm sure you're quite familiar being a fellow New Yorker. And I I went there and I was miserable. (laughs) I decided, you know, I think I got so used to living in California and I, you know, I, I went there and I just... Wasn't ready for it to be perfectly honest. And so I decided, okay, this isn't for me. And it wasn't that I grew sour on criminal justice. It's just, you know, I just was ready to come back home and I decided, okay, it's time to kind of change paths. And ultimately I tapped back into what is it about criminal justice that drew me in? Right. And it comes back to wanting to be able to make a positive difference to. Um, to be able to problem solve.
0: What's interesting? What's interesting about w- wanting to be in law enforcement? The, the goal for you was about helping people. That's right. Who needed help? So you kind of you're in the same mission, just a different vocation, which is which is which is really which is really it just gets to the core of you, which is which is a great which is a great story to understand, Ryan, a little better.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Again, it was, it was, yeah, it was, I was able to still, I'm still able to get that sense of fulfillment, but now I apply it in, in a different way and I, I couldn't be any happier with my, uh, with my choices. And um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been, turned out okay. It's a, yeah. It's turned out okay. I'm, yeah. I, I'm happy with yeah. my decisions. That's awesome.
0: Well, Brian, I want to just say a huge thank you to you, the whole team for the partnership And obviously, thank you for spending some time on the podcast, sharing some of your stories. And I look forward to another 20 years uh, of great success for you and the whole team at Zenni. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: It's awesome. Great. Take care. Brian, thank you again for your partnership with Gladly all these years. We're so proud of the work that you and your entire team are doing can't wait to see, no pun intended, what you and your team have in store. Keep doing what you're doing and know we'll always support you on your journey to building radically personal customer service. I'm Joseph Oncinelli, CEO of Gladly. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or visit us at radicallypersonal.com. And for even more stories like Brian's, join our Gladly Connect community at connect.gladly.com. This is is radically personal.